Chapter Two of Born to Serve. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Born to Serve by Charles Monroe Sheldon. Chapter Two. It is sweet to toil. It was four weeks after Barbara Clark had been at work as a hired girl in the Ward family. She was sitting in her little room at the back of the house, writing a letter to one of her classmates in Mount Holyoke. She wrote slowly, with many grave pauses and with an anxious look on her face. The fact is, Jessie, the letter went on after several pages describing a part of the four weeks' experience, I have come to the conclusion that I am not born to be a reformer. It was all very well when we studied social economics to have our heroic ideals about putting certain theories into practice, but it is quite another thing to do it. I thought when I came here that I might do some great things, but there are no great things about it, just nothing but drudgery, and thankless drudgery at that. And yet Mrs. Ward, but I must not say any more about her, I have stayed out my mouth as I agreed to do and to-morrow I am going to let her know that I cannot stay any longer. I think I shall try a place in bondman's after all. It seems like a poor sort of position, after all the dreams we had at Mount Holyoke. But anything is better than what I have been doing. I would not have Mother know this, and I have not said as much to her yet. Poor Mother! She must be disappointed in me. I am in myself." I am glad you are so well suited with your school. There is a good deal of the blues in this letter, and, to tell the truth, it is just as I feel. A hired girl for four weeks. How would it read as a title to a magazine article? I might get a few dollars for my experiences if I chose to exploit them. Instead of that, I have given them to you gratis. Shed a tear for me, Jessie, over the grave of my little useless experiment in practical economics your classmate barbara clark barbara wearily folded the letter put it in the envelope directed it stamped it and then being hardly more than a girl and a very tired girl and at the moment one disappointed with herself and all the world she laid her head down on the little table and cried hard to tell the truth it was not the first time that that little table in the little room at the back of the house had seen barbara's tears since she had come to work at mrs richard ward's as a hired girl so this was the end of all her heroic enthusiasm for service it had all turned out in disappointment to begin with the weather had been intensely hot all the time the work was harder in many ways than barbara had anticipated her mother had not been well one week mrs ward had gone to bed with a succession of nervous headaches and so on with ceaseless recurrence of the drudgery that grew more and more tiresome at the end of the month barbara had summed up everything and resolutely concluded to leave she had not yet gathered courage to tell mrs ward the woman had been very kind to her in many ways but she was not well and there were days when things had occurred that almost sickened barbara when she recalled them when she went downstairs the next morning after writing the letter to her former classmate barbara had fully made up her mind not only to give notice of her intention to leave 
but to give Mrs. Ward all her reasons why she could not work as a hired girl any longer. About ten o'clock in the forenoon, Mrs. Ward came into the kitchen for something, and Barbara, with a feeling that was almost fear, spoke to her as she was turning to go back into the dining room. I ought to tell you, Mrs. Ward, that I have decided to leave you. My month is up today, and I— Mrs. Ward looked at her in amazement. What? You are going to leave? Why, we are more than satisfied with you. But I am not with you or the place, replied Barbara so spiritedly that it was the nearest to an exhibition of anger that Mrs. Ward had ever seen in her during the whole month. Mrs. Ward sunk down in a chair, and a look of despair came over her face as she looked at Barbara. Barbara, with a white face and trembling hands, went on with her work at the table. She was preparing some dish for baking. Why, what, haven't we been kind to you? Haven't the wages? Mr. Ward was saying to me this morning that we ought to give you more, I am sure, Mrs. Ward continued eagerly, noting Barbara's set expression. I am sure we would be glad to make it four and a half a week, or possibly five. It's not that, answered Barbara in a low voice. She took up the dish and put it in the oven, and then after a moment of hesitation, she sat down and looked at Mrs. Ward very gravely. What is it, then? Mrs. Ward asked hopelessly. Do you want me to tell you all the reasons I have for leaving? Barbara asked the question with a touch of the feeling she had already shown. Have you made out a list? Mrs. Ward asked carelessly. It was that characteristic of the woman that had oftenest tried Barbara. Yes, I have, replied Barbara, and she added with a different tone, as if she had suddenly put a check on her temper. Mrs. Ward, I don't want to leave you without giving you good reasons. That would not be fair, either to you or to me. I ought to know, replied Mrs. Ward slowly. She still looked at Barbara sharply and Barbara could not tell exactly what the woman was really thinking. Then, in the first place, began Barbara, my room is the hottest room in the house. It is right over the kitchen, it has no good ventilation, and it is not attractive in any way as a room at the close of a hard day's work. It is the room my girls have always had, Mrs. Ward spoke quickly and angrily. Maybe that is one reason you have had so many, said Barbara grimly. The memory of the hot nights spent in the little back room framed Barbara's answer. Mrs. Ward started to her feet. This is impertinence, she said, while her cheeks grew red with anger. It is the truth. You asked me to give my reasons for leaving. That is one of them, replied Barbara calmly. It is true of a good many other houses in Crawford, too. The smallest, least attractive, poorest room in the house is considered good enough for the girl. I know it isn't true of a great many houses that furnish as comfortable a room for the servant as for any other member of the family, but it is true of this house. I am not blaming you for it, but whoever made the house for the express purpose of planning to give the hired girl of the house that particular room, which in this case happens to be the hottest, most uncomfortable room in the building. Mrs. Ward sat down and again looked at Barbara keenly. Her anger vanished suddenly, and she said with a faint smile, I don't know, but you are right about that. Will you go on? In the second place, Barbara went on slowly, I have not had any regular hours of work. Four nights this week I worked until ten o'clock. 
three nights last week i sat up until eleven with the children while you and mr ward went to entertainments or were out to dinner but what shall we do mrs ward suddenly cried out despairingly some one must stay with the children and mr ward and i have social duties we cannot neglect i am sure we go out very little compared with other people i can't answer your questions barbara replied but i know one reason why i feel like leaving is because i never know whether my work is going to end at eight or nine or ten or eleven o'clock there are no regular hours of labor in a hired girl's life in this house neither are there any regular hours of labor in a mother's life in a home said mrs ward quietly is your burden harder than mine or is it any harder than your own will be if you ever have a home and children as i have the sudden question smote barbara as a new one and in a moment she felt conscious of an unthought of problem in the social economics of housekeeping she had not thought it all out as she had told her mother if the home life was never to be free from the necessary drudgery of life why should she complain if in the course of service in a family exact hours and limits of service could not very well be determined she was somewhat troubled in her mind to have the question thrust upon her just now she was not prepared for it in any case she finally said reluctantly the hours are so long and so uncertain that but you have thursday afternoon and nearly all of sunday you have more real leisure than i have but you would not be willing to change places with me barbara asked looking at mrs ward doubtfully it is not a question of changing places i simply want you to see that in the matter of time you are not abused but go on with the other reasons and mrs ward folded her hands in her lap with a resigned air that made barbara wince a little for what she was going to say next would in all probability anger her another reason why i have decided to leave is the sunday work during the four sundays i have been here you have invited in several friends to sunday dinner this makes sunday morning my hardest day it has happened so this last month that is true mrs ward confessed reluctantly but it has been rather unusual in three instances i remember the gentlemen invited were particular business friends of mr ward and he was anxious to please them and invited them home with him from church rather than send them to a hotel but such social courtesies are a part of a man's home life what shall he do never invite a friend home to dinner for fear of giving the girl a little extra trouble i don't mind it during the week barbara replied thoughtfully but it does not seem to me to be just the thing on sunday a good many families make it a rule not to have extra sunday dinners do you think it is quite fair we haven't time to discuss it go on mrs ward answered not sharply as barbara thought she might there were traces of tears in the older woman's eyes that disarmed barbara at once the excitement of her nervous tension was beginning to subside and the attempt to narrate her grievances in their order was helping her to see them in their just light besides barbara had received some new ideas since she sat down to give her reasons for leaving the next time she spoke it was with a feeling of doubt as to her position there is another thing that i have felt a good deal mrs ward you have asked me to give reasons you will not think me rude if i go on i asked you to go on mrs ward replied smiling feebly well during the four weeks i have been in the family you have never invited me to come into the family worship 
and you have never asked me to go to church with you although i told you when i came that i was a member of a christian endeavor society in fairview before we moved to crawford i don't mind so much about being left out of the church services but i cannot get over the feeling that as long as i am a hired servant i have no place so far as my religious life is concerned in the family where i serve contrary to barbara's expectation mrs ward did not reply at once and when she did her voice was not angry it was rather a sorrowful statement that gave barbara reason to ask herself still other questions there are some places in a family that are sacred to itself mr ward has always said that he thought the hour of family devotions was one of the occasions when a family had a right to be all by itself of course if friends or strangers happened to be present in the home they are invited into this inner circle but not as a right only as a privilege we have had so many girls in the house who for one reason and another would not come into worship even if asked that for several years we have not asked them but the main reason is mr woods is there to be no specially consecrated hour for the family in its religious life is it selfish to wish for one spot in the busy day sacred to the home circle alone barbara was silent i have not wished to intrude into your family life i only felt hungry at times to be recognized as a religious being with the rest of you would my occasional presence have really destroyed the sacred nature of your family circle oh i don't know that it would sighed mrs wood i have only given you mr ward's reason he feels quite strongly about it as to the church do you think i ought to invite my servant to go to church with me i would if you were working for me replied barbara boldly for she was on sure ground now to her own mind are you sure i know i would barbara replied with conviction mrs ward did not answer but sat looking at barbara thoughtfully barbara rose and looked into the oven changed a damper and then went over to the table and stood leaning against it your other reasons for leaving mrs ward suddenly asked as she asked it carl came into the kitchen and went up to barbara i want a pie make me a pie barbara won't you he asked climbing up into a chair at the end of the table and rubbing his hands in the flour still on the kneading board barbara smiled at him for they were good friends and she had grown very fond of the child yes if your mother thinks best and you will sit down there like a good boy and wait a little carl at once sat down only begging that he might have the dish that barbara had used to mix eggs and sugar in i have told nearly all the reasons i think barbara answered slowly and she turned toward mrs ward of course there is always the reason of the social loss i don't know any of the young women in crawford but if i did i do not think that any of those who have money or move in social circles would speak to me or recognize me for myself if they ever knew i was a servant mrs ward did not answer barbara silently confronted her for a moment and it was very still in the kitchen except for the beating of carl's spoon on the inside of the cake dish and then of course i see no opportunity ever to be anything but a hired girl how long would you want me to work for you mrs ward as i have been doing for the last four weeks indefinitely i suppose answered mrs ward frankly yes you see how it is if i should be willing to stay on with you 
I might say till I was an old broken-down woman, always washing dirty dishes, always messing in the kitchen, always being looked down upon as an inferior, always being only a part of the machine, my personality ignored and my development dwarfed, never receiving any more wages than when I began, or at the most only a little more, always in a dependent, servile position. Once a hired girl, always once so long as you chose to have me and I consented to stay. Is that a cheerful prospect for a girl to consider as final? Mrs. Ward did not answer. Barbara had spoken out all that the four weeks had been piling up in her mind. Once spoken, it relieved her, but she was troubled over the thought that, even if all she said were exactly true, there was still somewhere in the economic world a factor of service she had not fully nor fairly measured. She could not escape the self-accusation, but ministry is still ministry. If this family really needs such work as I have been doing to help it work out its destiny in the world, why is it not my service, for it is as truly divine as if ministered in other ways that the world so often thinks are more noble? Mrs. Ward still sat with folded hands and a strange look, and Barbara turned from her and began rolling out a small piece of pie crust for Carl. When she had finished it and had put it in a platter, as she was turning with it toward the stove, she was amazed to see Mrs. Ward standing in front of her. She had risen suddenly and had come over near Barbara. What you have said is too true, a great deal of it, most of it, and yet, Barbara, if you only knew how much I need just such help as yours in my home, you would not leave me. Isn't there some way we can work it out together? I have not been to you what one woman ought to be to another. I have been nervous and fault-finding, and, and you have not said anything about that, I know, but if you will stay, Barbara, we will try to study the thing out better. We will help one another. That is not exactly what I mean, but we will understand each other better after this talk, and perhaps we can be more just and study how to better matters. Barbara stood during this unexpected appeal, trembling with a conflicting set of emotions. In the midst of all, she could feel a return of something of the old feeling of heroism in service that had prompted her to answer the advertisement in the first place, and her pulses leaped up again at the thought of help from this woman to solve the servant question and work with her toward a common end. What could she do alone? Only four weeks of trial, and she had despaired of service. Already in the swift reaction from her despair, Mrs. Ward's words produced a great revulsion in her feelings. Surely all things were possible if both the woman of the house and the servant studied the question together. And her grievances, they were there still, and still real, but they were not without compensation if what Mrs. Ward said was going to mean a new start all around. Still, as she faced Mrs. Ward with a troubled heart, she hesitated, going over again the trials of the four weeks, the hot, insufficient little room, the long and irregular hours, the separation from people, even from the very people in the house where she was serving, the daily drudgery, the hopelessness of any future. It all came up again to dash an enthusiasm that had apparently been killed out of her at the first attempt to turn practical things into heroic things, and let us say for Barbara what was a very true part of her true self. She had so great a horror of doing anything from impulse alone 
that a part of her hesitation now arose not from her doubts concerning mrs ward's sincerity but from her own fear of changing her mind of seeming to act from pity for mrs ward rather than from a genuine conviction that she had not been heroic enough to test her service long enough to prove something besides a few grievances she was smitten even while mrs ward was speaking to think that she had not endured all the hardships of service to the limit of service of course i don't know how we are going to arrange all the things that are wrong but i have gone over all the ground you have emphasized this morning more times than perhaps you imagine mrs ward continued and barbara perhaps for the first time gave mrs ward credit for many things she had hitherto denied her my wretched health and cares and trouble with servants who have had no ambitions and no abilities such as you have i think have all helped to make me seem indifferent and thoughtless but i need you barbara really i cannot bear the thought of being without help you cannot realize what these last four weeks have meant to me in the burden lifted you do not understand how capable you are in management i ought to have let you know it i am sure i have felt it deeper every day you are flattering me now said barbara smiling a little no only the truth as it ought to have been told you my sickness the children my cares mr ward's business complications some of which have been serious the last ten days have all conspired to make me careless of you but even my carelessness has been a sign of my confidence in you don't leave us now barbara we need you more than you can realize What? barbara clark here has been trouble in this home and trouble of a serious nature and you have lived in your own troubles absorbing all thought about yourself she began to be ashamed she turned toward mrs ward i don't want to see and to act on just my feelings alone let me go home to-night and think it out mrs ward looked at her wistfully and again tears came into the older woman's eyes i am asking a great deal of you maybe i am promising a good deal for myself too if you decide to go on with us you mean barbara began and then stopped i mean that if you will keep on as you have begun i am willing to help make your place different in many ways from what it has been i don't know all that this may mean to you it is not an ordinary case as you are not an ordinary servant girl there is another thing i ought to say if you remain with us it ought to be a great source of satisfaction to you that the children think so much of you do you realize how much it may mean to a mother to know they are being helped in every way while with her servant that is another great reason i don't want you to go barbara thank you mrs ward barbara answered and the tears came into her eyes for the first time praise is sweet why don't we give more of it where we know it will help not hurt we cannot spare you out of the home we have not treated you right but don't say anything about that mrs ward barbara interrupted a feeling of remorse growing in her at the thought of her grievances some of them were beginning to seem small in comparison with her privileges she was actually needed in this home she was a real influence in it if what mrs ward had just said about the children was true surely there was more in the position than physical drudgery could even a school-teacher expect to be more useful a host of new questions rose in her mind let me go home to-night mrs ward and i will return in the morning and give you my answer 
in any case i will not leave of course until you have secured someone else very well we will leave the matter that way mrs ward answered and she went out of the kitchen as carl began to clamour for his pie and barbara turned to attend to him but barbara was strongly moved by this interview it had begun with her heart full of discouragement and rebellion it had ended with a feeling of doubt concerning her resolution to give up her position with the renewal of her former enthusiasm there were possibilities in the situation that she had not considered and so with all these new ideas crowding into her thoughts she finished her work early that evening and went home her mother met her with a happy smile and instantly put into her hand a letter that had come in the afternoon mail it had printed on it the address of a teacher's agency another polite note saying there were no vacancies at present etc is that it mother i opened it barbara you remember you told me to if anything came from this agency and i was going to send over to the wards for you this evening if you had not come mrs clark said as barbara took out the letter and began to read it was an offer from the principal of an academy in a neighboring state with a fairly good position as teacher in the department of french and german the two languages barbara had made the most of at mount holyoke it's a good offer barbara just the position you can fill isn't it yes mother barbara answered slowly but she dropped the letter into her lap and sat thoughtfully quiet what are you thinking of barbara you don't mean to refuse after all this waiting then barbara told her mother all about the morning's talk with mrs ward i am in honor bound to stay with her anyway until she finds someone else i promised if i accept this offer i must go at once as the place requires an immediate answer in person that would leave mrs ward without anyone just at a time when she is most in need of someone she will let you off for such an unexpected offer as this barbara mrs clark spoke with eagerness you do not mean to lose it to lose your chances of getting something better just for mother you must not tempt me barbara replied with a faint smile and mrs clark with a sigh made no further appeal she knew from past experience that barbara would not change her mind in such a matter after a long silence barbara said mother i may decide to remain with mrs ward for good this morning i thought it was all a mistake and that i could not do anything but since this talk with her i see some hopes of working out the problem i really begin to think i may be of some use in that home but you have not been happy there dear and i am sure that the work is too hard for you you are tired out it is the heat mother i shall be all right when the cool weather comes this fall mrs clark shook her head doubtfully and when barbara went up to her room at last her mother broke down and had a cry over the situation barbara had handed her the four weeks savings amounting to fourteen dollars it was more than she could have saved on thirty-five dollars a month as a teacher if she had been obliged to pay for her own board and lodgings and incidentals but in spite of all mrs clark could not understand the girl's evident purpose to go back to mrs ward's permanently up in her room that night barbara turned to her new testament with a purpose which had been formed since her talk in the morning it had come to her mind while mrs ward was saying something about the need which she had of her 
that there were a great many passages in the new testament written especially for servants and the idea occurred to her to search for all of them and make a study of them with special reference to her own case at what was now a crisis for her future she would take one passage every week and dwell on it while at her work if she should decide to go back to the woods indefinitely she did not know where to look for all the passages referring to the slaves or bond-servants common to christ's and paul's times but she was familiar with the beautiful verses in the second chapter of philippians and she turned to them reading from her revised bible have this mind in you which was also in christ jesus who being in the form of god counted it not a prize to be on an equality with god but emptied himself taking the form of a servant the greek word is bondservant being made in the likeness of men and being made in fashion as man he humbled himself becoming obedient even unto death yea the death of the cross wherefore also god highly exalted him and gave unto him the name which is above every name that in the name of jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father philippians two five to eleven the son of god was a bondservant barbara repeated the statement softly before she prayed and never before had she prayed more earnestly for wisdom and humility and courage never had the girl felt a deeper longing to be of use in the world where she was most needed help me son of god was the burden of her prayer to decide now what i ought to do lead me in the right way in the morning she went down and meeting her mother kissed her affectionately mrs clark looked at her anxiously yes mother barbara answered gently i have decided to go back for good i believe i can be of more use there than in a schoolroom the dragon is very fierce and very tough mother and i have been scared and run away but i am going back and i want your blessing again there are going to be some interesting fights with the dragon this time mother i am sure for if mrs ward will do what she hinted at the dragon will have two women after him instead of one we will make it lively for him so barbara walked over to the woods and going right up to her room put on her kitchen dress her armor she called it came down and at the kitchen door met mrs ward i have come to stay she said with a smile mrs ward made a step towards her and barbara thought at first the woman was going to kiss her they both changed color and then barbara gravely said i hope we may be able to do something together as you suggested i am ready to do something mrs ward spoke earnestly we cannot reform everything at once of course ourselves for example said barbara quickly to be sure mrs ward replied then she added with a show of emotion that had affected barbara the day before i cannot tell you what a great relief it is to me to have you here it means more to me than i can tell you just now i am glad of it barbara answered simply and at once began the day's work the next day was saturday in the afternoon as barbara was finishing the dinner dishes mrs ward came in will you go to church with me to-morrow she asked abruptly barbara started and then recovering quickly said yes if you really want me to in the morning 
we can arrange to get dinner when we return. What will this mean to you? Bobo asked after a while. I don't know. Mr. Ward is willing? Yes, I have talked it all over with him, and he is willing. I don't want to cause you needless embarrassment, Bobo began in a low voice, but it may not cause any embarrassment. We will try it anyway. Do any other women in Crawford bring their servants to church with them? Dr. Vane's wife always does. They are among the old families here. Very wealthy, and I know Dr. Vane. He and father went to school together in Fairview. Is that so? Then I will introduce you to them tomorrow. Barbara could not avoid a smile at the thought. Nevertheless, she anticipated the event of going to church with Mrs. Ward with a degree of interest that she had not felt in her work as a servant since those eventful four weeks in her life had begun. A new factor had come into the problem. The woman of the house was going to cooperate with her. How far the cooperation was going to be carried, she could not foresee. Mrs. Ward's manner was both reassuring and at the same time uncertain, and Barbara could not tell how far she might go if matters became serious for her socially. When Sunday morning came, Barbara joined the family at church time, and they all started together. The church bells of Crawford were ringing, and in Barbara's heart there was a mingling of the peace of God with tumult, the peace that goes with the consciousness of human conflict over selfish human passion. End of chapter 2 It is sweet to toil.